Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best to listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire with lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people so I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around here This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state cause it's not quite safe Okay. Hey, Am you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, everyone. Hi, Mario. All right. We back in this motherfucker, man. For a long time. <laughs> it has. It's been a month, which means that we've missed one show. We're very sorry that we weren't there two weeks yep. ago, but Mario and I had our busy schedules and stuff to deal with. But we're back today with a really cool show. Um, and we hope that we get some cool callers, not trolls, and you guys have some interesting input to bring to the table. I expect trolls. No life having. No, I don't think we're talking about anything controversial enough to get trolls. You ever notice it's, it's, there are particular topics that bring about the trolls? I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't think we're going to get too many trolls tonight. Our topic tonight is religious hang-ups. Um, for those who did not catch the title earlier, we are talking about the remnants of religion that still cling to the mind of many non-believers. I mean, we have done a show similar um, where we discussed um, not-so-skeptical skeptics about different um, ridiculous beliefs that a lot of non-believers have, everything from karma to astrology. But here we're discussing remnants of, 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 of religious life 
that um, a lot of non-believers still adhere to, um, particularly biblical or um, or Islamic principles. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a topic that uh, we've bantered about uh, back bantered back and forth, uh, if not between ourselves or our friends on Facebook. That uh, a lot of things that uh, you know that uh, we we thought a lot thought our community had left when they left religion still linger about and still cause discord and you know a lot of animosity and anger between us and whatnot and so uh, we want to have a little show to kind of point out that kind of stuff and whatnot and discuss a bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <clears throat> um, let's say we jump right in. Let's start small. Well, there's no, no really starting small on this subject, but that's one of the things that people so cling to that are religiously based. Um, distrust or suspicion of other religions and denominations. This is a huge one. Even as a lot of non-believers I notice, and I notice this a lot when I um, first deconverted, will be a lot softer on their old denomination or their old religion than any other. Um, I notice this a lot between, yes, I'm going to say the J word, Jewish atheists who, you know, will go in on Christians um, and Muslims all day long, but um, Mm -hmm. will never point out all the things that are wrong with Judaism. I'll never point out the glaring similarities, too, between fundamentalist um, Christianity and Orthodox Judaism. And um, so that's one thing. Or, you know, they will raise a particular denomination, for instance, of Christianity, and we'll say, well, yeah, it wasn't that bad. We weren't, it wasn't as bad as, say, being Catholic or being woman or being a Seventh-day Adventist. It's like, no, no, they're all pretty much batshit. <laughs> There's just different levels of batshit. Um, so I see that a lot, and a lot, also a lot of xenophobia, um, where um, they don't just see um, believers of other denominations and religions as being, um, you know, irrational or perhaps stupid, but also dangerous, which is another, mm-hmm. you know, side effect of their religious beliefs, where, you know, filling the blank group of people pose a danger, um, you know, a, a, like a terrorist threat or a global threat. Mm-hmm. Um, to to humanity, and you know it's completely unsubstantiated that you would think that, but they do think that. Um, and you know at the same time they're kind of like you know why do you believe this now? You know their beliefs aren't any more ridiculous than what you believed. Um, I'm not talking about what they actually do, um, but you know I also I always had need to point out when people especially point out how dangerous Muslims are. Um, you know, they, they they refer to Muslims li- um, living in Islamic nations. And I don't think a lot of people realize how bad it would be if, in the United States, if we lived in a theocracy. The problem is a theocratic government more so than the religion itself. If you have a batshit crazy religion, that's one thing. If you have a government that enforces the batshit, then you're, you're, it's a different problem altogether. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't have much experience with Judaism. I've only met a few people who were Jewish and whatnot. Um, but it just, you know, it does seem like people pick and choose their their what they what they tend to cherry pick and hype up as being the most villainous aspect of everything. You know. Yeah, I mean, I live in South Florida. We have a very large Jewish community here, and we also, I've you know, I've met a few Orthodox um, Jews, and I I remember working in retail where, you know, Orthodox um, Jews would come in 
And, you know, the woman's head would be covered just like the typical Muslim woman and should be actually walking a few paces behind her husband. And if I tried to address the woman, the husband would answer for me or for her. And I've actually had one husband outright demand that I address him and not his wife, which has never mm-hmm. happened to me in dealing with, which has never happened to me in dealing with a Muslim woman. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not all roses, um, you know, in the Jewish community just because atheists prefer to um, Islam and Christianity as if those are the two worst religions um, that you can possibly be. And, you know, I still don't think enough atheists take the time to learn about other religions outside of the Abrahamic spectrum as well. It's not all roses, you know, for Hindus either or, or, or Sikhs or, or, you know, or Jains. I think Jainism is one of the most restrictive religions as far as what you can and cannot do because the religion is so extremely nonviolent that mm. there are a lot of um, there are a lot of things that you cannot eat, do a lot of activities you can't do. Um, you know the really the really hardcore James wear scarves over their mouths to keep from inhaling bugs. You know, right? Things that are we would think that are completely irrational, but make perfect sense to them. So I think I think uh, the definitely the practice of of, you know, kind of cherry-picking and lumping um, believers into, you know, the category of crazy, crazier, craziest is definitely one irrational belief we need to leave behind. Um, Taking off on another, I would say child-rearing. And child-rearing in two spectrums as far as physical discipline and the plague called safe healing. I I think, you know, um you know, yeah, because I see a lot of uh, a lot of my friends who still hold on to the idea that beating beating your child's ass is the proper solution to correct behavior and whatnot. You know, and um, I grew up, you know, dealing. With, I mean, this is a controversial controversial subject that I've seen go into a thousand counts, mainly on uh, Facebook and whatnot. And it's like, you know, I grew up with that. I grew up in a pretty religious household and whatnot, and so my grandparents were from the old school, and they were into whipping and whatnot. Now that I'm an atheist, I don't know if that affected my view on whether or not I would do it if I had kids. Um, I just don't know if I can intentionally do that myself. But at the same time, I just you know, it just really seems like that, especially that spare the rod, spoiled a child mentality still lingers about a little bit with a few people. Yeah, and what bothers me most about it is not not only the parents that think it's necessary, but so many that seem to take such glee um, in the fact that they spank their children and so proud of it, like it's a badge of honor. Yes, I I I assault the small child that is too small and legally incapable of hitting me back. I feel so proud of this accomplishment. You know, it's like what. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there were some people like when we got into uh, a big argument when uh, Creflo Dollar choked out his own daughter to the point where she had fingerprints on her. Um, oh yeah, when he were, choked his daughter. Yeah, yeah, and um, um you know, yeah, there was, that was there another was one that, um, where people were like, "But oh, you can't judge him. You don't know the circumstances where they drove him to that." And it's like you know, unless she was attempting to murder him, I don't understand the circumstance that would make a father wrap his hands around his daughter's throat. 
Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of. Um, uh, I, I really did agree with that. It's not just a remnant of religion, so much as a remnant of slavery that black people feel the need to beat their children into submission, or people of color in general feel the need to beat their children into submission in order to make them obey. And that obedience, uh, having an obedient child is the mark of being a good parent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't don't agree with that. I don't don't like the overly... Yeah, can you hear me? Mario. Can you hear me? Uh, folks, it looks like we lost Mario. Ah, uh, goddamn. Mario? Just one second, we are having technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Just one second, folks. Mario's having technical difficulties with his phone, so we're trying to get him back. Mario, is that you? Okay. Um, well, Mario wants me to carry on without him. So um, the second topic that we're going to discuss while you're starting to come back is the faith healing. I'm sure a lot of um, our colleagues, especially the, the atheists and agnostics among us, um, know of um, the many, many parents who have been on trial and a couple of which were convicted for the death of their cho- that their children, the preventable deaths that their children um, um, died because they chose to pray over their children's illness rather than actually get them some medical help when they were ill of things varying from pneumonia to type 1 diabetes to diarrhea. Um, and they would choose to pray over these children rather than do anything else, anything rational um, and, you know, or apparently morally obligated to do, um, you know, seek professional help with a child's medical illness. And, you know, I mean, to hear and think someone die, a child die of something as preventable and as common and as normal as diarrhea in the 21st century makes me sick to my stomach. And, you know, too many of these parents have been getting away with doing this in regards to their faith. And um, the, the, the reason why I bring this up as far as religious hang-ups is that, you know, we have quite a few um, atheists as well that shun medicine. And I'm not just talking about the anti-vaxxers. That's a completely um, heavy, loaded topic for a different show in another time. I'm talking about the fact that there are still many, many non-believers or many, many self-proclaimed skeptics who refuse to um, treat their children with any um, medical means necessary. And they think that a really healthy diet and lots of fresh air and exercise will keep their child healthy. Which, um, anyone who's had a child... Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? I guess everyone else can hear you too. (laughs) Welcome back. So um, did you have anything to, to um, weigh in on what I just said about, you know, non-believers still not wanting to medicate their children? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 we run into, it's amazing how many people we still run into who still follow that line of thinking. I was just in an um, um, argument 
within um, a, a pretty large group, and we're, some people will, are still anti-vaxxers, and they don't believe, they don't see the value of vaccinations and stuff like that. And it's amazing. To still, you know, it really should not be as amazing as I make it out to be. That you still run into people who hold on to irrational ideas, and not every atheist sees the value of science and stuff like that. But it is still an amazing. It is still something that catches me on guard when I run into someone who is pretty much pushing out the same rhetoric and ideas that believers push out, just because it's something they don't understand or they don't get. It. Somebody told them that they know somebody who had a problem with. Well, there are, few, um, there are a few agents I know that are anti-vaxxers simply because they don't trust the U.S. government, not because they don't trust um, medicine as a whole. Um, right. And, See, you know, to be perfectly saying. honest, this country does have a track record of testing, uh, let's say, shady substances on people, especially people of color, so I understand that. And I don't know, I admit that I don't know enough about genetic biology to have made up, in my opinion, on vaccinations as far as, you know, the pros and the cons. I will admit that there are some that obviously have had some benefit, but there are quite a few vaccinations that I don't see as being necessary. Yeah, I'm going to put myself, I'm going to put myself, I'm going to throw myself at the bus here. Um, flu shots. Um, if the flu is a virus that everyone has, I don't understand the point of getting a vaccination for it. It's not like measles and polio where you get vaccinated and it prevents it. Um, this is a virus that everyone can get, so what is the point is my thought process. Now, I personally don't get colds or flus. I have never gotten a cold or flu in my life. No, scratch that. I had a cold um, a couple times before I started menstruating, and I stopped getting colds as well. So I have the luxury of being able to say that because I've never needed it. Um, I don't know what, they, what they've done for so many people that have gotten them, though. But all I'm saying is if the flu is a virus that's in your body, it's not going to go away. It's not like measles or polio, or hepatitis, um, I don't see the point in getting those particular vaccinations. Well, you know, um, as, far as, I, you know as far as I go, I've always gotten them. They've always been free uh, for me and for my employer. And I haven't had any anything go wrong with me since having them. Um, so far, everything, I mean, if they're, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, I don't, I don't know it. And because I haven't mm-hmm. had a flu. I haven't had a serious, last serious uh, uh illness I had was years and years ago. So, you know, I my conventional wisdom and maybe this is taken with a grain of salt. If I trust them and tell them what's wrong with me when I have explosive diarrhea, I'm I'm like, okay, this stuff right here presents presents flu, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but you know, um but you know, I you know, there are a lot of people who you'll find, especially within the atheist community who do believe, who still do believe in, like, a lot of holistic type stuff and everything. And, you know, like one guy, I remember, came up with the idea that a gigantic gash on someone's hand could be cured with honey. I would mm. think you need to go to the hospital and get stitches, but apparently she didn't need stitches. <laughs> she put honey on, her, on, her, on the wound and uh, wrapped it. Uh, Seems a bit dangerous. I have, to me, heard, I have go, heard of those things before, no. and I've heard of them working for some people before. In my mind, my, this is my thought process. Do whatever you want to do as an adult to your body. Um, and if you actually truly believe that something is harmful, don't let your children get it either. But the idea of rejecting all medicine, painkillers, um, perhaps necessary surgery, things like insulin. Um, that your child might need. Help, Pepto-Bismol, 
um, that your child might need because they're ill, because of your your beliefs, is very, very dangerous. And if you feel that scared, do some research before just throwing your hands up and saying, I'm not going to do it um, because you you think that some harm will come of it. If you're a skeptic, if you truly, you know, fancy yourself a skeptic, do the research, do the work, and find out what's yeah. going on and what's in these different things rather than just say no and possibly put your child's life on the line. I personally, and I'm going to throw myself in the other again, I personally don't care what, what any adult does that leads to their own death. Like, I'm sorry, even if I, that's my friend and we're cool, well, you were dumb. You know, another person out of the, the gene pool. Sorry. Right, right, right. I mean, I, you know, there are a lot of things that could go down, you know, that uh, that could possibly happen and whatnot. I mean, because there's, there's nothing that happens that we take in just in our body that does not have some type of adverse side effect if used too much or used in the wrong way. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you have a lot of people... And that's, this is another thing that goes back to, go, goes in that. You can read something right now that tells you that stuff right here works fine, it cures this, it does this. Two years from now, you'll read another article that says, no, this does not do this, this does not cure this, this does not help this. Here's something exactly. else that does that. Two years from later, you know, so. I mean, this goes back yeah. to what I was saying about the flu shot. Um, you know, the flu virus is in your body, not only that, because of evolution, we need a new flu shot every year. I don't understand the concept. I don't understand the purpose. I, I don't even understand why an adult who's susceptible to the flu would get it if they're otherwise healthy. I, I get wanting to prevent a, a newborn infant or a very old and frail um, elderly person and wanting to take that precaution. I don't understand it for anyone else. It just makes very little sense to me. And, I, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but the fact that some places give them away like candy really bothers me. I had to pay for all my other vaccinations. Why is this one free? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, having that, having that good old Pepsi uh, discount work, I mean, oh, well, Pepsi really took care of the uh, their employees, man. Free, free, uh, free health screenings, free uh, flu shots. But speaking of vaccinations, you know, this measles is back in New York now, and that was one of the ones I was talking about before where I said I can see the necessity of that because it is a really horrible disease, and it's a, 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 it can be a potentially um, crippling one, um, even ruining someone's ability to reproduce. Um, mm-hmm. I got my measles shot and my hepatitis shots and my polio shots very, 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 very young. And um, so as far as I know, I haven't had any adverse effects because of them. Mm. Um and I do definitely think that because these um, don't need to constantly be updated. Um, and because, the, again, these are the kind of illnesses you cannot risk um, contracting because, you know, they could disable or kill you, definitely, definitely see the benefit of getting that sort of vaccination. And unfortunately, the disease is, is, is showing its, rearing its ugly head in New York again. I believe whooping cough came back to California last summer. Um, yeah, and too. you know a couple a couple a couple other illnesses are are kind of rearing their ugly head, which is unfortunate. Well, see, I think that in this instance, I think it's a good thing that we this thing this this kind of forces us to, you know, it shows that you know not all we don't all believe the same thing. Unlike what a lot of believers believe, we don't all worship science and think it's 
everything that comes from science is a good thing. Keep in mind, science yeah. also creates an atomic bomb. So you know exactly, and like you said, we're saying before, sometimes things that were 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 lauded as being great this year, they took new research finds out. Oh, it's not so great after all. And right. you know, science is all about experimenting and learning and making something better, faster, stronger, whatever. Um, just because you know, and I, again, I'm one of those people that will tell somebody flat out, just because a certain scientist said it's great, doesn't mean it's great for you or it's great for everyone else. Do the research yourself. If you're still not sure, be unsure. That's fine too. You don't have to just like eat it up. Um, you know, as soon as a scientist says that it's great, because a, a, a more intelligent scientist, one who has done more research, could find out the next day that it's not so great after all. Mhm. Well, um, well, uh, oh, oh, oh. You mind if I go ahead and uh, shift, shift, shift gears real quick? Yes. Our next topic of religious hangups. Mhm. Um, sexism. Sexism. Yeah. I think we're all tired of hearing that saying "real man" and "real woman," right? Oh, I can't stand that shit, man. <laughs> God, I can't stand them shits, man. Listen, let me tell you something. There are as many... uh, Look, the definition for a real man and what a real woman is is flexible as a certain soleil contortionist with no bones. Okay? Everybody seems to have a definition or an idea of what a real real man... A real man uses soap that peels off his fucking skin. You know, I mean, nobody nobody needs to always see these memes. So when I'm looking on Facebook and I'm talking about um, talking to somebody and they still have these ideas of uh, uh, archaic ideas of uh, of women and men and whatnot and what what a man should be doing and what a woman should be doing, you know, it really just fills me with a sense of you're still in the pew, man. You're still draining all this shit from a book, you know, mm-hmm. that told you that these people that a woman is less. Is less, is less valuable because she solely because she's a woman, and then there are some women who feel like you know uh, um, um, that a man you know is you know is also supposed to be this type of head figure purely because he has people. So I, I it's, yeah, I yeah, I understand that. And um, the thing too, we have so many. Um, people in the atheist community that have these ideas of what a good husband or a good wife should be like, what a quote-unquote real man or real woman should behave like, dress like, um, speak like. And you'll even see it in debates where you'll have a man try to silence a woman who's disagreeing with him and try to put her in her place um, right. because she's a woman. Um, or you'll have things like, you know, um, you know, still th- tossing out the word whore and slut. Um, to describe some women, and, you know, it's one of those things where they want that cookie-cutter Christian wife without the, the, the Christian belief, but they want right. her to have that mm-hmm. same mindset of subservience. And, you, uh, and I'm not letting the women off the hook. They still want that man that's like the alpha male, who cares, who's educated, who's also a thug, because he exists. And, you know, he, I've run into a lot of these sexist dickheads a lot, Um. Like we'll post like if you can post a picture of uh, yourself like you uh, wearing something smallish maybe a bikini. It's inter- and it's funny how a bikini is not 
only brought in panties is overly exposing yourself. That's another story. But anyway, you'll 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 look in the group, or you're looking what's posted, especially depending on where it's posted, and you'll see men who have an idea that a woman is not supposed to show seventy five percent of her skin, and women will mm-hmm. look at it and see like. Well, this woman is obviously desperate for attention and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I find myself looking at them like, why can't it be something? In those cases, I don't even think it's sexism. That? I think it's straight up jealousy. That too. Yep, yep, that too. And whatnot. And so, you know, and so a lot of, we, a lot of atheists, I, I, think, you know, I, cause I don't spend too I think a lot of people, a lot of women in the atheist community perpetuate um, misogyny and sexism because of jealousy. Exactly. Um, exactly. They don't exactly. want they don't want to break that mold of what a Christian woman should um, dress like, and they still cling to that modesty um, deal uh, as far mm-hmm. as women who who might be attractive or pose a threat to them, um, and right. a threat quote unquote as far as men are concerned, or maybe other women who knows. But you know, it's one right. of those situations where you see. Um, then jealousy, and in the case of the men, a, 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 a remnant of religion, this misogynistic, patriarchal need to control, rearing its ugly head in terms of um, um, modesty and dress and, um, you know, how many sexual partners a woman has or what kind of sexual acts she engages in. Right. And you'll still, you still see guys who, you know, well, we'll get you know getting to get highly pissed off, and the first thing they holler about is bitch. You know, um, you still see, and this is going to probably lead into another topic. You know, a lot of guys using this idea that watching certain movies in which a man dressed up as a woman, well, a black man dressed up as a woman, is some type some type of uh, uh, of uh, some type of mechanism of making black men more effeminate and whatnot. Um, but that's another thing about that I've never really liked, um, the idea of a feminization or um, a masculinization of a man. Um, you know, what is that idea um, that you can take away a, a woman or anyone else can take away a woman's manhood or that acting a certain way makes a man less manly? Right, right, right. We were just talking about that. There's a picture which Michael Strahan, um, I think he's on – that show that used to be Kelly and Regis or whatever, and he was wearing some um, some boots, some um, thigh high, you know, boots with heels and whatnot. And there were a lot of guys in there talking about how this violates some type of man code. I don't know what the fuck a man code is. I was never given that instruction manual, but at the same time, it's a hilarious that this man who is play, who's playing playing one of the most man sports ever is retired now by just wearing these boots one time, all of a sudden, bam, you know, damn, man, you're taking man's manhood and everything. Man, it's a man supposed mm-hmm. to walk around holding his nuts and chewing on a cigar or something. You know, I mean, what are you getting I mean, the I, ideas I guess, of I guess looking as, looking as upset or malcontent as possible while, you know, um, desperately clutching your genitals is what makes a man a real man. Right. And see, you, you prefer... And it doesn't help that, you know, as much as I love hip-hop, it doesn't help that hip-hop um, does portray an idea of super machoism, you know. I mean, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but I'm not going to sit here and act like it doesn't have its issues, it doesn't have its problems. And the idea is you're supposed to be the most man you can be. You can't get more man than a rapper because a rapper doesn't even smile. 
that's how serious it is. You know, and, you know, and um, I've seen even Jeremiah Kamara did a a video talking about uh we men aren't, and it's like okay, if the I if I if watching Medea, you know, watching Tyler Perry in a dress, or if watching Martin mm-hmm. Lawrence and Lawrence in a dress, or if watching Juana Man or Chinene can make you more feminine, then watch the most man movie you can find. Watch Lou Ferrigno in a Hercules movie. I. You can't get more man than than Lou Ferrigno. The son bitch becomes a giant green dude. I, you know, watch a Mr. T, Carl Weathers. Watch somebody who, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, is carrying a gigantic tree for really no damn reason and goes on a killing spree, killing hundreds of ethnic henchmen just to save his daughter, okay? Watch that, because if, if you're saying... Watching a movie in which a man wearing a dress makes you more effeminate, there be, should be a lot of guys running around with a, a, a belt of bullets across their chest every day right now. Mhm. Pretty much. I mean, um, the idea, too, that some women can take away a man's manhood, but mm-hmm. you know, there's really nothing that a, um, a, a man can do to take away a woman's womanhood. There's no um, equivalent, female equivalent for... Um, um, Emasculation is there? There's no such thing I don't as of so. feminization. Well, that's a, that's a term that could be the opposite, but it's also used toward men. Right. Well, you know, I, I know in some some religious groups I've been in, in which uh, there was this uh, thing was last year, year before last, in which uh, the military or some, whoever said whoever decided this stuff decided to start letting women on the front lines, and there were some women who were pissed off about that, saying that. That's taken away from these men. Let these men do that. You're a woman. You're not supposed to be doing that. And I thought it was just confined in the Christian community. So I saw a few atheists saying the same thing. That why are you trying to be a man? You know, as, as though there have never been women in combat roles in the history, and this is the first time it's happened. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of weird. It's very weird. It's very, it's very weird. You know, I really do wish that you know. Years ago, when I first got, when I first became an atheist, um, I didn't have a community to be a part of. I didn't have a group or anything like that. I didn't have anything to to reinforce my ideas. So then, when I consequently found um, atheist groups, especially black atheist groups, I became very happy with that. I became, you know, I guess really, you know, it really made me feel like I had, I was on the right track. Years ago, years later. I've come into my own. I realize that our community does have a lot of problems, not just black black atheists, but the entire community itself. Um, we still yep. have these issues that were hold that are hold holdovers from the religious uh, world we we came from. Yeah, um, unfortunately, and this is, we you and I have had this conversation where um, I've discussed with you that the idea that people will lose their religion, the very few that never had it in the first place. And then just magically become more rational, more skeptical, more caring, more considerate of one another is ridiculous. You know, I hear some atheists that are on their kumbaya, and and honestly, I'm sorry, but they sound like little children, very naive little children who expect us all to be sitting in a circle, singing kumbaya, well, we're all in this together. And it's like, wake up. We're all on this planet together. This is the only place that we can survive, and we still can't get along here. That's a more pressing issue that we don't even know how to live on this planet together without destroying it and ourselves. And why what makes right. you think that just because we share this one ideology or lack thereof 
that just will magically make us get along. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's the only th- a lot of times the only thing you have in common with another atheist is that you have renounced religion. You know, and that's it's pretty much it. You're still going to have disagreements on uh, politics, you know, well, like some of the things we were just talking about, and a lot of other things, you know. Um, yeah, you're going to disagree on politics, you're going to disagree on child rearing, you're going to disagree on science, you're going to disagree on gender roles, you're going to disagree on, you know, um, you know, pretty much anything that there is to disagree on, you can disagree on. Like, Trust, I'm just going to put this out there. Atheists can be, and a lot are, sexist, misogynist, mm-hmm. racist, homophobic, xenophobic, um, yeah, let's see, um, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic. Um, um, what else? There's a few other um, icks and isms I'm missing. But it's any religious person can be that, and atheist can be that too, because they didn't stop being human in the process of becoming an atheist. Sorry to burst right. the bubble, guys. It happened. Right. <laughs> right. And we, we, you have to accept that. Like when we have new people who are who are in the, the uh, group or something like that. And these people, some of these are young, younger people and whatnot, and they'll say things like, I really do feel like atheists are better people or atheists uh, uh, are more compassionate, more sensible. I'm like, just wait. Give it a little bit more time, okay? Because trust me, you're going to, in a few months or a few years, you're going to see we got the same, a lot of, us, a lot, a lot of this bullshit is the same shit that's going on in other communities as well. The only the only advantage I see, and this is I do pride myself with this, is that I'm going to handle this problem myself. You know, if I have if someone tells me that I have a problem with the way I look at women, or the way I look at uh, other men, or even the way I view um, um, homosexuality or something like that, that's something within me that I don't need to pray to anybody about. You know, and through interacting mm-hmm. with other people and through. Uh, uh, um, meeting people who maybe even share those beliefs, if I'm open-minded enough, I will see what my problems is and I will correct. I don't have anybody to pray to. I don't have a church to go to. Not only but, that, you're going to be held accountable for your actions, not just those, those exactly. um, um, whatever rational beliefs you hold, but whatever actions they, they inspire, you're going to be held accountable for that. You have no one but yourself to hold accountable for that. Right. Right. You know, um... um and since we're just speaking about gender roles, I figured we'd dive into um, one of the bigger hang-ups that some people have um, left over from religion, and that's homophobia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that shit still going on. Yeah, um, unfortunately, um, you know, when non-believers give a legitimate reason why they're homophobic, it's never a legitimate reason. It's also it's always a religiously based one or um, something that is that that could be and has been spewed from the mouth of many a priest, deacon, or pastor, which is, it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's, yeah, that's still out there. You know, it's still, you know, and it go, like you said, it goes back to gender roles, which a lot of guys don't feel like a guy should be doing they should be doing these types of things. They'll they'll watch lesbian porn all day long. Have no problem with Well the Bible never um, said God. anything about women being with other women. I, a lot of atheists mm-hmm. bring up that point and I'm not trying to side with the homophobic um um you know, atheist or homophobic anyone. 
But it's a valid point that needs to be brought up that the Bible never um, 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 says anything about um, condemning women who are with women. It says if a man mm-hmm. lies with another man the way that he lies with a woman, that they should be stoned. And although yeah, women being together is an yeah. abomination, it never actually gives a punishment for lesbian activities. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking about that loophole right there. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah, it's a huge loophole. And, I, and the loophole has to do with another Bible verse that says any man that wastes his seed um, should be put to death. And um, if masturbating is considered wasting your seed, obviously having sex with somebody that you cannot impregnate would definitely be considered a huge waste of seed. Oh, man, I've wasted a lot of seed in my day, but I'll tell you. How many, how many, how many, on, um, Un- unfertilized babies have you have you abandoned Mario? Um see about maybe five times a week times fifty two weeks times about uh, maybe twenty years. Yeah, I I could have populated a small village, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um um the thing about it too is um with the homophobia you'll see otherwise pretty logical, reasonable, reasonable, calm skeptics as soon as, you know, the idea of masculinity or homophobia is brought up, will, you know, talk about that, that, all of that out the window and become a rambling, raving idiot who's just talking about mm-hmm. how gross it is that two men should be together, that it's not natural, or my personal favorite, the Europeans introduced homosexuality to Africans. Right. Right. Um, and I, th- I think that we have to, you know, I think we have to, you know, a lot of times we have to look past the idea of thinking only, I mean, because a lot of people only, only will only accept what they've already accepted. And they've already programmed their mind, their mind. This is what, this is the only thing I agree with. This is the only thing that I accept. And I never will change them, no matter how logical it is. You know what I'm saying? There's no because, real reason. Because why. because I don't I don't like the idea of homosexuality. I don't like the idea of my manhood being questioned. I don't like the idea yeah. of that one day I might have a gay child. I don't like the idea of of it because I've been trained to see it as the the worst thing a man could possibly be. Worse than being unintelligent, being cruel, being unambitious, being being a bully, being a criminal. The worst thing a man could ever be is gay, and I'm never shaking my. I'm never even going to try to shake that idea from my mind. Right, and they, they, especially you know, um, especially the more if more feminine the gay guy is, the more they have a problem with. Or in some instances, I've seen you know, I, I've actually completely. seen the opposite. Um, and maybe it's in my specific specific culture, the Haitian culture. I've actually seen the opposite. It's easier for the gay man that's effeminate because a lot of them, you know, um, a lot of, um, you know, the Haitian men will just see them as, like, women born in the wrong body. They will automatically assume that because the gay man is effeminate that he must um, want to be a woman or, and, and as we know, he, he is transgender. Um, the gay guy that's one of them that's into sports, that's into bars, into drinking, into smoking, and they find out that he's gay. Oh, no, he's been living a lie the entire time. He's like some undercover agent. He was trying to recruit us for that gay team. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and they still had this idea, you know, um, like when the, the Michael Sam thing came out, 
and um, you can see some of your exactly. Uh, your- you have this is this is a typical stereotypical alpha male, a macho guy plays sports, and they played sports with him for years. He was he played football in high school. All of a sudden, he's gay, and now it's uncomfortable to be in the locker room with him. All of you, gay or straight, were naked in that locker room together all this time. Now it's uncomfortable. Yeah, for some reason, a lot of guys still think that the guy who's gay who told you he was gay automatically wants to fuck you. You know, yeah. <laughs> he must want to be with me. I'm so handsome. Everybody knows that gay, right. gay, when you're a gay man, that means you want to sleep with every man you see. You have no standards. Right. Uh, your standard right. is penis. Let me ask you a question. Think that a guy, let's say like a guy you knew had sex with one guy when he was like 16. This guy is now 36. Hasn't been with God since then. Do you think that's forever going to that guy gay? I mean, I don't think that, but, you know, a lot of people, especially even non-believers, will convince themselves of these different things to to cling to that belief. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a tragic thing, though. A lot of us can't just let go of that shit and let people be themselves, you know. Um, um, I think I think one of the most distressing things that I see is uh, not only the the the, the sexism, the idea that uh, that uh, um, that women cannot have an even larger voice in this whole thing because we see a lot of the the male, a lot of the male. Uh, um, Prominent male, prominent atheist are male. A lot of the, most of the prominent atheists are male. And when women start, when women start talking more and start putting their voices out there more, you see some people start to get uncomfortable because now a woman is adding her voice into the cacophony of other men. And exactly, it, yeah, it, it really, it really trips me out how many women will find fault with a woman who is speaking up and speak, putting her voice out there. Yeah, it's 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 kind of sad, but at the same time, it's one of those things where um, it is what it is. Um, like you said, it, this mentality is mostly to be found in if it's found in the atheist community at all, especially on homophobia. Um, it's found within the men, and when the women do speak up more, those voices can sometimes those opinions sometimes can change, or at least those voices can be drowned out, so that they don't deign to speak for the majority. And um, that is a step in the right direction. Um, And as far as the racism within the the secular community, I really believe we're making great strides in that as well. It is something that is changing because we are not locked onto a belief that forces us to remain rigidly without change. Um, It is malleable because um, um, atheism in the United States um, has a lot of roots in humanism. And Mm -hmm. when when you rid yourself... Of, of stringent strict scripture, you can mold yourself into a more rational person um, and keep evolving into a ra- more rational being. Right, right. You know, especially if you're willing to, if you're willing to open your mind and stop only thinking that things can only be the way you've already always believed them to be, you open your mind to the other possibilities that there are there. There are different people out there who have different ideas and different ways of living their lives. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. It just also means you don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah. You know, um, 
you know, because you still have people say, like, if I'm going to go to a certain Soleil show, there are still people ask me, what, do black people do that? It, it, you know, it is, it's one of those things where um, you feel like um, sometimes it can be like bashing your head against a rock dealing with the secular community, but at the same time you have to realize that atheists are not, people are still people. And I've been able to come to terms with that better than a lot of people, I think. But it's realizing, oh, they're still human too. And at least we are evolving for the better. We're changing for the better. And hell, even some of the Christian churches are changing. So I posted the other day where a pastor was celebrating his anniversary with his first man. I'm usually pastors have a first lady at the church, their wife. Well, he's celebrating his anniversary with his man, his boyfriend. And it's loud and proud. No secret boyfriend that they funnel money to that the church doesn't know about and they still think pastor is straight. No, he's out about the fact that he's gay and he's out about who his boyfriend is. And it's it's weird. You know, 20 years ago, would that have been the case? Nope. So, um, um, I think, um, all right then, well, um, What's the, what do you think is the, the the thing that's really just, you know, um, that you really wish that we could finally just put down and let go? Um, um, like as a, in, in general or as it pertains to, like, remnant religion, religious ideology? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, I I think the, 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 thing, the, the thing that really is uh, holding us back really is, I think you pretty much said it. Like just the ability to be recognize that other people have difference. And to be and accept that. Um, my thing is I feel that um too many the reason why I don't like religion is I think there's too many loopholes um to abuse and neglect children. And I really believe if we could if we could find a way to eradicate um um child abuse from religion it wouldn't be as harmful. But then again, my definition of childhood also includes indoctrination. So um, it would have to be a case where in order to get what I want, um, we would also have to completely um, eradicate the teaching of religious religious ideas to children, which is never going to happen. No. No, 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 no. So, you know... You kind of live with the with the way with the world the way you found it and hope for the best, I guess. Okay, it looks like we got a caller, which is good because uh, who's on the you know, line? People just try to hear me ramble my mouth off. So, uh, real quick, five one three. What do you got to talk about, Mike? Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how y'all both doing? Um, First of all, I want to give a shout-out to Tamara Simpson, who is listening. I'm at work at the moment, so I just got the butt in of this conversation. But um, but I wanted to talk about, if, if you don't mind, I just wanted to ask both of you, how is it that you have atheists within the atheist humanity? And I'm an atheist, too. And you have atheists who apply logic and reason when it comes to God and religion. But then for whatever reason, when you ask them about homosexuality, by and large, some of them are homophobes. Now, I don't know if this is the result of uh, maybe the religion that was once in them is still wearing off and they haven't gotten to that point in their life where they can accept or embrace homosexuality. But 
the atheists who have been around for a long time who are still homophobes, who are still sexist, which exists within our camp, um, how, what would you say to that? I mean, is that possible is what I'm trying to ask. How is that possible? Um, it's the same. It's possible the same way that it's possible for a religious person to be a scientist. I don't know how many people are aware of this. Mara and I had a show about this a few months back, and we're talking about um, contributions that religious people have made. A lot of, um, you know, religious people, and not just in, you know, the 17 and 1600s, but in the 1900s, in the tw- late 20th century, were, were scientists. They believed in God, and they were also great scientists at the same time. That sort of cognitive dissonance isn't a feature that is unique only to believers. Um, non-believers can suffer from it too. They can choose to apply reason to one aspect of their thinking and not to another. Uh, well, we all agree that's ridiculous, though. It is ridiculous, but it, but it doesn't stop anyone from doing it. True. <laughs> right. And I mean, think true. about it. Don't most don't most believers put more thought into what color car to buy, what make and model to buy, and what to name their kids? than they do into their God. They pretty much stick with whatever one fell into their lap, wrong or right. Uh, I could yeah. possibly agree with that. I mean, it, it does. I mean, I, I, was, I go to a university that's pretty diverse, but um, there was a, a gentleman who I was talking to who, um, who is an atheist, and we were just talking about, you know, uh, homosexuality, and he was more so focused on the lifestyle instead of, like, the, the metaphysical aspect of it. I told him that two men who are in a relationship, it's not just about the sex. I mean, it's also a form of love, too. And, you know, for whatever reason, he's so logical and, 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 and reasonable when we were talking about everything else except for that. Um, well, see, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's another thing, too, when you're talking about people who are homophobic, whether they're religious or not. They're trying to make this appeal to emotion. To them, the idea of two people of the same gender, especially two men, um, having a relationship is disgusting. It grosses them out so they cannot get past the idea that it's not gross to everyone, especially the people who participate in those relationships. Right. They right, don't yeah. I would agree with that, yeah. That the first thing that pops into their head when they think about it is ill or if they're a closet case, you know, trying to push that away because they're repressed or whatever. Um, right. But, you know, so they, they're trying to make that same appeal to emotion, trying to make you have that same, ugh, this is so gross, knee-jerk reaction yeah. that they have yeah. every time they think about that. Yeah, a lot of people can't get, a lot of the guys can't get past the idea that there, there are guys out there who are just as buff and macho as them but don't want to be with women. They they can't they can't they can't look past it you know what I'm saying and they'll oh yeah yeah but besides the physical the besides the physical aspects of a man on man sexual relationship there's also the man that has you know been conditioned to see that um, essentially being the quote unquote bottom as the definition mm-hmm. of the masculinization. Now can I can I ask you both this real question? I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, do both of you identify yourselves as feminists or as humanists? And I, and I ask that question because um, most feminists will say that they do a better job of um, putting men and women on, on an equal footing than humanists. Humanism is more of a more broad and general term, which ultimately puts men on top. I don't know how, but that's the logic that has been 
given to me at least. Well, I was curious um, which uh, camp you identify yourselves with. Um, I, I identify oh, as... Which one would do a better job of equalizing men, humanism or feminism? That, that's a better way of saying Well, Well, let me answer the first question. I identify as a secular humanist first. And I also identify as a black feminist, um, not to be confused with the mainstream feminists that um, want to deal with um, whatever petty issues are floating around in the media at the time, but issues that relate to both feminism as it relates to black women and the black community. I believe that both camps have something to offer as far as putting men and women on equal footing. The reason why I would uh, more readily, I, uh, more readily um, get involved with a movement specifically in terms of black feminism is because I see feminism as a way to not only uplift the black woman but also the black man and the black community in general. And this is something that pertains, that, uh, that's applicable to me as a black woman more so than, as you said, the broader humanism. But you wouldn't exclude, if I understand your position correctly, you wouldn't exclude like any other race of woman, right, like a white woman or anything like that who wanted to be no, a part. No, I wouldn't exclude another. I wouldn't exclude another race of woman. Um, I just believe that women of color, especially um, black women in the United States, have a struggle that white feminists do not understand simply because of the privilege of their race. Oh, no, I agree. And, I also believe, and, be, and because of the racist aspects in the mainstream feminist movement as well, I think it could do more harm than good because if there is racism um, um, within the mainstream um, um, feminist movement, then that's definitely going to hurt black women and black men. And I, as do, I do, said, I feel, I feel that well, black feminism is necessary to, to uplift the black woman and the black man and the community as a whole. Can I, can I just I say this and I'll hang up? I'll do it. Can I say just one go more ahead, thing? Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. I, um, just to add on to that real quick, um, how do you now, Michelle Obama, who, you know, we all love and respect, or hopefully, I hope we do. Um, look, I mean, from an objective standpoint, I mean, I, I watch the news as much as I can. Um, how much of an influence do you think Michelle Obama has I don't know, trying to uplift black women. It seems like all she's done since she's been the first lady is just talk mm-hmm. about obesity all the time. I mean, what, and I mean, I, I haven't yeah. seen her give a single speech as talking about uplifting black women, uh, you know, just, I, I, think I don't know, empowering black women. What do you think? I, I, honestly, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not a Michelle fan. I respect her as a first lady. I'm not re- really on any celebrities' coattails, whether they work with, whether they're with the government or not. This is the way I see it. Every first lady um, that has gone by has had a pet cause. And this is Michelle's pet cause, and I think it is a valid one, considering how, and forgive my use of this word, but freaking enormous children in the United States have gotten. And the obesity epidemic is affecting black children at disproportionately larger rates than it is other children in the United States. It is a very real issue, and we do need to be um, thinking about ways to do sustainable um, um, urban farming and, um, uh, you know, um, urban gardens, victory gardens, planting, um, ways that people in low-income brackets can afford healthy foods for children. Because when the most unhealthy food is also the cheapest, guess who that's, that is going to affect the worst? Black women and children. Um, it's going to affect those I, single I, mothers who have no choice but to buy those foods. And it's going to affect those children who are going to be obese as a result. You know, I think that, I think that her, very, her, the very fact that she is in the highest office in the land, something, well, one of the highest, well, she's the first lady. 
My grandfather right, is 82 right. years old, and he says he never thought he'd see the day that this would happen. To me, that alone is is some form of inspiration. Now, exactly. And not only that, stuff. she's very well spoken. Oh, absolutely, yeah. She's very well spoken, and she's well poised. And for a lot of people, the only black woman they've ever been exposed to is the type of stereotype, of stereotypical black woman that is portrayed on channels like BET and VH1 shows like Real Housewives and Love and Hip Hop, things like that. Um, mm. And the idea of a, a, a black woman being well-spoken spo- well and poised and educated is kind of like out of left field. And, you know, she's talking about something that definitely needs to be talked about. This is, we are in the first generation of children right now that, that will not outlive their parents. That is a real problem, especially when we're talking about in the black community. When people, um, um, you know, um, especially we're talking about single motherhood and poverty, these are things that affect um, the black community, the Hispanic community, much more than anyone else because of the income bracket. Um, right. No, I agree 100%. It's a very well, well issue when the children are so unhealthy that their parents are going to have to bury them. That is a problem. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I only brought this up because um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. West. I forget his whole name, but he's the guy with the gap, with the afro. Um, he teaches that at Cornell. Cornell or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was criticizing uh, Obama, saying that he didn't feel like he was doing enough. And that's why I brought it up, because he's, uh, he's a public intellectual, and a lot of people respect his mind. He, him and uh, uh, Dr. Tyson, uh, who's also uh, a black intellectual as well, um, who has a lot to say about the black community and what we need to be doing and stuff like that. But, um, but, but yeah, that's, that's why I brought it up. I was just curious what you guys' thoughts were. So, uh, President Obama, that's a completely different situation. I don't feel that he's doing enough, but to be fair, I don't feel that any president since maybe uh, Jimmy Carter has done enough for this country. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I don't believe I don't maybe, think, maybe I don't believe Joe Levin killed him because he was doing too much. <laughs> I, you know, I, don't, I don't think you can ever do enough or too much or whatever. You know, as long as things are where they are in this country, the way the, the, especially with the way our um, Political system set up. There's no right. way. To, there's no way to yeah, quantify. I, 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 you know? I think. I think. I think all of the recent presidents have been have been have been slacking. I I definitely applaud Obama for at least um um you know shaving the deficit that we were left in by our former president. Um you know he managed to do that at least. So yay for that. But you know um other than the fact that he is black, I don't see much difference between he and um other um democratic presidents of the past or even. Other Republican presidents of the past, to be honest, um, he's not um, bigoted as far as um, you know, um, gay marriage and gay adoption. But that's the only real difference I've seen between him and the Republican Party. Not to be confused with the GOP, who are completely batshit crazy. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the GOP is single-handedly. I mean, there, there was like some article I was reading where. Um, uh, President Obama is essentially killing the Democratic Party because he's not, uh, you know, producing enough jobs quickly. But he can't do that without help with Congress. So he think they think they're gonna he's gonna lose. He's gonna receive a shellacking uh, this November, which is kind of messed up, you know, because we're already in a gridlock as it is. So you know, I guess it, it kind of goes both ways. A lot of people think he's soft, and the other part, which is true, thinks that you know he hasn't received. Um, a lot of uh, help. And Rush Limbaugh even said that uh, the Republican Party is just not willing to help him out because he's black. So I guess it goes both ways, which is well, not I'm glad somebody. I'm glad one of those pundits finally admitted it 
um, because they've done, they've done and said all kinds of racist things, and then they they finished those statements or began those statements with, I'm not racist, but. But, right, <laughs> and it's yeah, what yeah, everyone exactly. says right before they say or do something incredibly racist. I'm not racist. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Somebody, told me, somebody yeah. told me that anything you say after the butt completely invalidates everything before the butt. Pretty much. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would pretty much. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I mean, it could be an addition to what you're saying. I don't know. But let me ask this question because I have to go back to work and I'm following you guys on my lunch break. Can vegetarians eat animal crackers? <laughs> I I I I don't think animal crackers have any animal ingredients. I mean, if you think so, they, they don't eat animal products because it's a, a, an ethical issue. So, I mean, do animal crackers fall into the realm of what's legal or ethical? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull on my vegan boots. I was a vegan for three years, so I'm going to answer this question matter-of-factly. I was okay. a vegan not because I had an issue with people eating animals. I think it's very natural to eat animals. I don't think that there's a biological imperative that says that we can't eat animals. I was a vegan solely because I had a very large issue with the way that animals raised for slaughter were raised and slaughtered. I thought it was not only inhumane and cruel, but also completely disgusting and unsanitary. Um, um, So I had no problem biting the head off of an animal cracker. None at all. Okay. See, my my, my only counterpoint counterpoint to that is, Bacon. That's it. That's all I need to say. Yeah, I don't know if you know this about Mario, but bacon is his whole life. If if oh, if, if necrophilic right. bestiality were legal, he would be married to bacon. I would make love to bacon. I mean, I love bacon. I mean, I don't know um, what about, about you guys, but I had a dream about bacon, so I'm in the same boat. I think bacon boat. is overrated, and I can say that because what? I'm miles and miles away from Mario, and he won't choke me for it. But I think bacon is overrated. No, no real American would say that. I'm not American. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, thank you both for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, just one more shout out to Tamara, who's listening. Uh, uh, what do I want to say to her? Oh, Which just camera? one thing. Hold on, Tamara, I know a couple. Uh, well, she, she's, she's a young thing. More, uh, chocolate skin. Okay, Tamara. you got to give me more details on this. Uh, I, I don't hope she doesn't mind me. I mean, she's listening right now. Um, Hold on, is this a Tamara that has, um, that, has, that has children and she's gorgeous and stunning and has chocolate skin and really big hair? Uh, she she has one child. She she's not like liquidation effort. You know she doesn't have like a basketball squad full of kids. But she yeah, does. we're not talking about the same camera. My camera has three kids, so I don't know who this camera is. Oh no, I don't think so. But apparently but, all cameras uh, look the same. They look sexy and chocolatey. Yeah, I know all cameras look good. I don't know what's what's what. I don't know. I wish I was Tamara, but uh. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. You both, oh, what were your names, by the way? What? Well, that's, that's M, and uh, on Facebook, yeah, I'm Mario I'm, I'm Ultra Evil. That's Mario. Oh, Evelyn Ultra Evil. Emmeline. It's pronounced like Evelyn, but with an M where the V should be. Emmeline. Yes. Oh, okay. Emmeline and Mario. E-M. All right. Sounds good. Yep, yep, well, yep. uh... I hope this is like a weekly thing. I'll probably call back. You guys are fine. Um, we, we, we have the show every other week, so we'll be back in two weeks from now. 
Oh, sweet. My name is Alan, so I'll probably call you guys back, and we'll, you know, we'll just talk. We'll, you know. Thank you for the call, Alan. We had a lot of fun. Yes, I do too. All right, now have a good one. Bye. All right, thank you. No problem. That was great. That was great. That animal practice question had me rolling. That that animal practice question had me rolling. Like honestly, I was trying to choke it back so I wouldn't like you know laugh too hard and louder to my speaker. It's in my phone. Yeah, that was pleasant. We don't often get really pleasant calls. Well, sometimes we do when one of our friends calls in. But I'm going to get that really dumb, you know, like that one dude that called in breathing all heavy and shit, huh? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you, have, you always have, you always have the heavy breather. What was I? <laughs> like something out of like a horrible My- Michael Myers um, parody movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I you want to go and wrap it up? Yeah, we're touching on the topics that we want to touch on. It's a very busy Friday for the both of us, so we're going to wrap up the show. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new topic, and I really want to get some panelists on the show this time. Um, the Black Sea Thinkers Radio favorites, Vita Starr, um, MC Brooks. I want to get Raina Rhodes back on the show. And I want to get a couple of guests that we haven't had on the show before because um, the topic that I have a brewing, and it is a speaker for now, is one that I definitely um, would want to have multiple perspectives on on the line. So come back in two weeks. We'll be here at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, it's been a pleasure speaking with and to all of you. Thank you to our caller, Alan, and whichever camera he's referring to. Everyone, you have a great weekend. Uh, yeah, and uh, make sure you stay tuned to um, all the other shows from the BLT families and whatnot. And um, uh, Blog Talk is being kind of a pain in the neck, so I can't see what the next show is going to be. I know it's going to be on Sunday. Uh, normally uh, it's at 1 Eastern Standard Time or whatnot. So catch Kim with her show, and she's going to run down something really good for you. Other than that, you have a great weekend. Yeah, Enjoy I believe yourself. we only have the RSS feed this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Well, all I see is uh, social justice and community activism in the in the atheist community. I don't know who is running that one down. I, I think believe that's Kim's show. And for those who missed it, we did have um, the breakbeat on Tuesday, and we had um, Vita's show on Blast of Vita Star this Thursday. So please look for that in the Black Free Thinkers Radio Archive. Oh, and check out uh, look up people of color beyond faith. There are some pretty and uh, some pretty good videos, uh, YouTube uh, YouTube videos that you can check out. Uh, pretty pretty interesting, very good uh, community related stuff. Okay, all right, let's try this again. We out. All right. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Bye. Adios. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be- Scream for your lives! The tingler is loose in this theater!